feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is The Rita Cosby Show. Rita Cosby show more protests coming every which way but loose all over New York City. And of course, this comes as Mayor Eric Adams says the migrant crisis will destroy New York City. So who do you blame for this disaster and where do you think this is headed? More protests tonight, one that took place at the Creedmoor Psychiatric Center That's where they plan to house a thousand single men, unvetted, uh, that they expect to at some point house there. They've already started them. And communities are really getting upset because it's right, you know, smack in the middle of residential areas. The Creedmoor facility, in fact, is near a whole bunch of schools. And the one that's in Staten Island is right across the street. It's about 20 feet from a grammar school. So this just seems ludicrous. It just seems nuts. What are your thoughts of where, where do we go from here? Because New York City is sitting there pointing the finger at New York State. Of course, Mayor Eric Adams is also pointing the finger at the federal government. But then he's also blaming Trump-appointed officials and Trump-backed officials, which, what does that have to do with the crisis? In fact, it's quite the opposite. He needs to be talking about President Biden. It is such a mess. But the question is, what does it mean for cities across America? And is there any resolution in sight? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Well, first off, just to give you a little flavor, because things are definitely getting downright emotional Here is a group of Staten Island grandmothers. I call them the boisterous grannies. And they were blocking a busload of the migrants uh, that were trying to get snuck in in Staten Island. Listen to this exchange. Boy, don't ever anger a Staten Island grandmother because, boy, they are feisty and spirited and they were out there in full force. 
just as many people were out at the Creedmoor Psychiatric Center in Queens, New York, saying not in our neighborhood either. And here's a little bit more from Staten Island. Some of the protesters getting in the face of the bus driver and others out there saying not in our community. Take a listen. Go home. We don't want you. Go back. Go back. Go back! Go back! Let us go to Manhattan where they want you! Go to Manhattan where they want you! Although we also heard from Mayor Eric Adams this week saying they don't want them in New York City, or at least they want to get more funding, so maybe half the city becomes migrants. I He said they're busting at the seams, and it's going to break the city, that they're going to cut back on city services, uh, maybe scaling back, even potentially. I mean, if people look at the list, it could be even maybe uh, firehouses that might not be open on weekends. It could be the FDNY uh, might have reduced staffing in general. There might be a whole bunch of different things. But, boy, they're still trying to find funding for migrants. Doesn't it seem a bit hypocritical on where all this is going? To me, there is something really screwy that we are bending over backwards when we have so many in our homeless veterans community and so many of the other communities. And at what point do we say, okay, we just don't have enough money? At what point do we say we are at a busting point? Clearly, Mayor Eric Adams is saying we're overloaded, but he's also not coming up with a solution for funds or a solution to, quote, close the border. Where is that solution, Mr. Mayor? I would love to hear that because I'm not hearing that from you. I'm just hearing, yeah, it's a mess. We need to do something. We need to fix it. But what about actually making sure that the border is secure and that they actually have a plan to keep Community secure. You can't just say, hey, yeah, come on out and don't worry about it. It's just going to go into all these different communities and we're just going to wish you a lot of luck and we're not really even going to close the border. How does that seem like any sense of common logic? It doesn't. And here is Senator Ted Cruz talking about Mayor Eric Adams and Governor Kathy Hochul and all the finger pointing going around in New York politics. You know, it really is astonishing hypocrisy. You've got Eric Adams, you've got the governor of New York, you've got the governor of Massachusetts, you've got the mayor of Washington, D.C., the mayor of Chicago, the mayor of San Francisco. All of them are discovering suddenly the burdens of Joe Biden's open borders and illegal immigration. And they're seeing thousands or tens of thousands or even hundreds of thousands of illegal immigrants. And they're discovering that it drives up crime rates, that it drives Mm -hmm. up. Uh, it, it drives up the burdens on the city. It overcrowds the, the schools. It overcrowds the hospitals. And, and, and I got to say, coming from Texas, it, it's amusing. We've had seven million illegal immigrants under Joe Biden. And so seeing Eric Adams complain about 100,000 is cute, but he still doesn't bother to put the blame where it belongs. This is a political decision by Joe Biden by Kamala Harris, and by the way, by Chuck Schumer. If Eric Adams wants to talk to someone, Chuck Schumer lives in New York City. 
He says rightly that illegal immigration is destroying New York City. Well, he can pick up the phone and tell Chuck Schumer to stop fighting for open borders, to stop protecting the Biden administration as they lawlessly open the border. And by the way, so many of those individuals that he just talked about, where are they? They're MIA. You haven't heard anything from them about, hey, uh, yeah, maybe we should fix our state. Our state's in a crisis. Our city's in a breaking point. Where are they? We're not hearing it. And boy, uh, their silence speaks volumes. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Al on line two from Yonkers. Al, your thoughts? Yeah, hi, Rita. Thanks for taking my call. You know, I, I'm, with the migrants, uh, you know, I blame Mayor Adams. Uh, you know, he, he, he greeted them when they came. Uh, he created this disaster himself. And now he's trying to blame everybody else. And uh, I really never thought it was possible. I mean, he won the general election as mayor uh, by getting the majority of minority votes and uh, liberal whites. But now I think it's possible that his reelection that he could have a lot of problems winning again because uh, he's demonstrated he's not up to the job. And being mayor is tough. Not everybody is Mayor Giuliani, who uh, did a great job as the mayor of the greatest city in the United States. But uh, Mayor Adams has handled this crisis. uh, You know, he's done a terrible job. Well, and I think I think a lot of people are deeply frustrated uh, exactly what you're saying, Al, in terms of the situation, because you see at some of these rallies, uh, they're Republicans, they're Democrats, they're just concerned people in communities. And they're saying, wait a minute. Um, but I think they also have to they also have to look in the mirror, too. But I agree with you because Mayor Eric Adams had a big old neon sign saying, hey, come to New York City. You're right. He's greeting them when they came off. Free this, free that. And then suddenly when they came, whoa, 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 wait, what are they doing here? Well, guess what? The word gets out that New York is given free X and free X. So, of course, they're going to come here. So I, I agree. He does have to look in the mirror, but also people who voted for him because he also campaigned and said, I will welcome everybody to this city. It reminds me a little bit of D.A. Alvin Bragg, who campaigned saying, I will look into criminal justice reform. I will make some of these not crimes. I will uh, make sure I give people second, third, fourth, fifth chances. Well, guess what? Alvin Bragg delivered that promise in spades, you know. And so in the future, people need to be, if you hear people say what they plan to do, uh, guess what? Sometimes they actually plan to do them, and it may not be for the better. And you're right. He he can't sit there and just point the blame. I do think, look, Biden's border policy has been an utter disaster. It's been just uh, so disastrous for our country, so downright dangerous on so many levels. I mean, the fact that we've seen so many people that are on the terrorist watch list comes in, that is a crime. It's, it is so shocking how many have crossed the border illegally into our country. Most of them would not fit the criteria of asylum. But he knew this. This is what Mayor Adams saw. It was already happening, and he's and it's continued. So if he either has to get off his high horse and say, guess what, uh, President Biden, you need to fix this. I made a mistake. We are no longer going to be like this sanctuary city policy. You know, I mean, that's the only thing he can do to turn it around unless he wants to make, you know, every block in New York City a tent city block. 
because that's where we're headed. And that is a sad, sad place to be. Uh, let's go to Norm. Line five. Norm, your thoughts. Uh, Rita, I, I'm not seeing tents in my neighborhood, but I'm sure they exist. I live in Canarsie, Brooklyn. and Oh, I, I'm I, sure I, they're you know, coming. Turn... I'm sure they're coming, Norm. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, I, here's the thing. Look, I don't mean to be I don't mean to be selfish, but I, I'm a homeowner and I do care about my, the value of my property since it's, you know, pretty much everything I got. So uh, but and lately I've noticed and today it, it uh, I saw more of it uh, now in front. There's a business strip called Rockway Parkway. And now, like every business that's on that business strip has got a little migrant person sitting there selling fruit, selling water on the street, usually with kids. And, uh, well, the one I saw today was two kids. I was in front of this Walgreens. Another one is in front of the bank. And another one is in fr- <laughs> another one in front of the Burger King. And, yeah, look, I feel for these people, but this is not good. This is not like a good look for the neighborhood. And I, I, I feel bad for them, but it's like, you know, they're killing my neighborhood. Yeah, they, they're, I, yeah, they are. Know, I, and, by the way, are they riding on the little, like, the little bicycles, too? Because... Uh, there just was a big battle, by the way. Uh, cops arrested six residents of a Brooklyn migrant shelter, charged with mm-hmm. including assaulting an officer because uh, they were cracking down on these illegal scooters. They're all over town on these little illegal yes. scooters. Yeah, I have seen a little bit of that here, but not so much. But what I am seeing is just just a lot more street people, people on the street. And it's just, you know, I... You know, I mean, that's what they came here for. I, 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 I don't know. It's, it's, it's very sad. I mean, it's pathetic. But I, I just, you know, I mean, if I didn't feel like uh, it was killing my neighborhood, I would, I would be a little bit more uh, sympathetic to them. And uh, from what I understand, uh, I have some friends and other neighbors. I know you grew up somewhere around Marine Park, or, and yep. and uh, it's, it's getting to be around there too. Yeah, it is so, so sad, Norm, and it's heartbreaking to see. And listen, I feel bad for them, um, but I also feel really bad for neighborhoods, and I feel bad for American citizens. And when I heard Eric Adams say, hey, we're going to start to maybe be scaling back on resources, I'm like, whoa, 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 wait, wait. So, like, what's going to happen? Um Maybe there's not going to be somebody responding to a fire late at night because that fire house will be closed and somebody further away has to go respond or weekends per se. Uh, they may not have one and then they have to find another one that's further away and it doesn't get there on time. I mean, this is, you know, for seniors, for firefighters. I mean, there's a whole bunch of there. He's talking across the board. There could be services cuts. And that is a travesty. And that is also not the way it's supposed to work. You pay taxes so you get those things covered and you feel well protected by your community. And now suddenly, I'm sorry, you have to pay for the migrants. Is that what people voted for? 1-800-848-9222. And we'll continue your calls, everybody, after the break. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show. It was a beautiful day. Sunday. 
And speaking of driving, they are driving the bus loads in to New York City. So far, by the way, of the 110,000 migrants that have arrived in New York City, about 13,000 came from Texas. So, again, that's like 12%. That is just a small smidgen of the amount that's coming, and it's because they're seeing the freebies all over the place. And I don't blame them for coming. I'd want to come to New York City and get a nice four- or five-star hotel and food and phone and all the other good stuff, health services, education, everything, you name it. First week of school, many of them enrolled their kids in school, 21,000 migrants this year in the New York City you know, public school system. That is busting through the roof. And speaking of busting through, well, the protests were definitely getting downright heated at the Staten Island protest this week. Listen to this one. This is one of my favorites. This bye-bye. Listen to this. Bye-bye. That is Johnny Tobacco, one of the guys who was organizing the protest. Bye-bye. You can't miss that voice in the middle of it all. And what a mess it is that they would actually put up this facility. Uh, the migrants are like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? Uh, but people are speaking out. They're frustrated and they're angry and understandably so. Also, another case here of a migrant at a New York City shelter was busted for allegedly pummeling his wife on Thursday night. How nice is that? Uh, he punched his 33-year-old wife in the face uh, as she held her two-year-old son while demanding her cell phone inside a shelter on 3rd Avenue near 97th Street. Uh, the wife handed over the phone, but the guy punched her a second time as he scrolled through it, leaving her with a gash on her forehead. And, of course, the police uh, were also called out on this one. A spouse-on-spouse attack, apparently, uh, after all the different numbers that are coming out, they believe that they've had a total of 40 or so different arrests, mostly domestic violence, that have been happening at this very kind of fancy midtown hotel, the Roosevelt Hotel, uh, is another location where that's been happening uh, because between that location that I mentioned, the one with the recent incident and the other, uh, there literally have been dozens of attacks. And then I brought up the other one that happened, the New York City migrant shelter, where in Brooklyn uh, they were fighting over these illegal scooters that we were just talking with Norm about. So lots of incidents brewing up. And there's also been um, a number of assaults. Two that have happened as well. Uh, some of them in upstate, which is part of the reason Buffalo's like, we don't want them up here. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Charlie. Line eight. Real quick, your thoughts, Charlie. I fully support the grandmothers and their protests. But what they've got to do in Staten Island and other places, other protesters, they've got to all start chanting in unison. Hey, hey, ho, ho, illegal migrants have got to go. We've got to use the tactics of the left here. We just chant in unison a whole bunch of people. Hey, hey, ho, ho, illegal migrants have got to go. And you keep chanting that over and over and over at them. And by the way, that's that's got a good kind of ring to it. Um, and they seem to be shocked when they see the resistance. 
The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on The Rita Cosby Show, a story coming from New York where a Port Authority cop rescues two suicidal people on Washington, George Washington Bridge in one day. And it is a really powerful story. A fearless Port Authority cop helped stop two distraught people from killing themselves on the bridge just a few hours apart on the same day. In the span of three hours, twin tragedies were averted at the landmark bridge where countless people have sadly plunged to their deaths over the years. Port Authority police officer Joe Romano was alerted to reports of a person possibly trying to climb the bridge's north walkway fence around 5.30 p.m., and he found a 26-year-old man scaling the barrier. So he approached the man who jumped down to the walkway and then ran toward the New York side of the Hudson River span. Romano gave chase as the man stopped at an observation point, climbed the fencing, and warned, I am going to jump. Well, Romano, who has been on the job since 2016, uh, was soon joined by Port Authority officers Greg Rose, Chris Figuero, and also Dave Ferrara. Romano and Rose began talking with the man who kept saying, don't come any closer. As the two officers distracted the man, the two Port Authority officers were able to grab him and pull him to safety. By the way, Romano then was out on patrol yet again at 8.30 p.m. same day when he and other officers were radioed about a 48-year-old woman who was under distress near the bridge and a concerned relative called the Port Authority Police. The woman's sister told police uh, that her loved one slit her wrist and was threatening to jump. What a scary situation. Romano had a hunch where she was located based on a photo and drove to the New York side of the bridge. And as he walked along the trail on the banks of the river with a flashlight, he heard rustling and found the 48-year-old soaked in blood after cutting herself. In the span of that time, he went over to her and he got her rushed to the hospital. What a powerful, powerful just few hours in the life of this Port Authority officer and, of course, all of them who saved these two very distraught individuals. Uh, thank goodness that our law enforcement were there to help them at that very, very difficult and very emotionally charged time. Well, speaking of giving back, uh, I am so honored and want you to do whatever you can to help me because this is such a cause near and dear to me, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The big walk-run is coming up on Sunday, September 24th, and all of us here at the Red Apple Audio Network are encouraging our great loyal listeners like you to donate to our individual teams. That's right. You can go to walk.ritacosbyonline.com, walk.ritacosbyonline.com, and click on my photo to donate. So please help me raise the most money here at the network for the amazing Tunnel to Towers Foundation Walk Run. Of course, uh, this organization was founded by Frank Siller, whose brother, firefighter Stephen Siller, gave his life to save others on 9-11. Let's never forget those that help America's heroes and the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, which is such a beautiful and powerful foundation. I know it so well and have seen their incredible work through the years, which is why I'm so honored to be a part 
of this walk slash run on September 24th. Let's raise some great money, please, for our veterans, for our first responders, and, of course, 9-11 victims. Walk.RitaCosbyOnline.com and click on my photo and whatever you can do is so greatly, greatly appreciated. Well, we are talking about the migrant crisis. That truly is a disaster. Nearly 10 million have come across since President Biden has been in office about 30 months. About 2 million of them just gotaways that we have no clue where they are. About 8 million we know have come through, but we really don't keep track of them, and we don't seem to be vetting any of them. And in the middle of all this, New York City's mayor, Eric Adams, is sounding the alarm saying, wow, we are really in a destruction mode. This is what he said this week. It's made tons of headlines. This issue will destroy New York City. Destroy New York City. We're getting 10,000 migrants a month. Now we're getting people from all over the globe have made their minds up that they're going to come through the southern part of the border and come into New York City. And yet who does he blame? Who does he blame? He keeps pointing the finger at one point at Kathy Hochul. Then at one point he said an open border. Uh, but listen to now who he blames. But let's be clear. This mess is, 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 is Trump, Trump like Republicans mess. Real immigration reform. You know, I'm hearing those who coming out saying Eric is right. Eric is right. But don't pick half of what you say I'm right on. Pick the other half that Trump Republicans created this mess. And we need to fix this mess with real immigration reform. What do you make of that? Trump Republicans created this mess. I mean, there's a lot of mess in Washington and a lot with political leaders. But the first people I wouldn't be blaming for this enormous migrant crisis that's happening in New York and happening in so many cities across this country, I wouldn't exactly be saying it is the Trump Republicans. That, to me, is ludicrous. We need to start calling out the president by name, and we need to start hearing Democrats calling him out by name. Obviously, they're afraid to do that, so they got to blame somebody else. It's like, this is ludicrous. It's raining in some parts of the country. What, is that Trump's fault, too? one 800 848 one uh, let's go to Steve in Yonkers, line seven. Steve, your thoughts. Good evening, Rita. What do you think? Yeah. Who do you who do you blame? Uh, Biden number one, and Adams number two, and then then they, then they got the washwoman, her uh, uh, the governor. All three stooges are responsible. And in what order do you put them in? But Biden, Herco, and Adams. All right. All right, Steve. Thank you very much. Uh, let's go to let's go to Larry. Line six. Go ahead, Larry. Rita, I wish you would stop asking people what their thoughts are, because this isn't about thoughts. It's about convictions. OK, now, Eric Adams is lying. He has no brains anyway, but he's lying. It's not just destroying this country, this illegal aliens. It's not just destroying the city. It's destroying the country. And by the way, what are you saying when you say Biden's when you allude to Biden's border policy? What policy are you alluding to? This is no policy. This is called letting the, the letting go the sovereignty of the United States. 
you're talking about a policy read or what policy? It's called it's called the it's called the no security policy. You know what? You're right, you're Larry. I I agree with you on the back half, Larry. Policy. Yeah, it's it's a right. It's a zero policy, right? It's a no. It's a policy to destroy the country. And by the way, when when these Staten Islanders say bye bye. You know, there's nothing funny about that because their, their kids are being directly threatened. I mean, and and now this 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 reminds me of uh, it's funny. Norm called from Canarsie. I grew up in Canarsie. I don't know what he's still doing there because in, in the late '60s we had a whole busing controversy in Canarsie that resembled this very thing that's going on right now. I don't want to make a direct analogy between citizens and non-citizens. It's not fair. But if you look at Canarsie now as a result, because they won the battle with the busing, and it's a bombed-out neighborhood now, Canarsie. It's not the place I grew up in. You know Canarsie because you grew up in Marine Park. So the point, the simple point I'm making is when Norm talks about people selling uh, uh, little trinkets on the street, that's not a light thing. That leads to destruction because these people are peasants. They're not, they're not entrepreneurial. They don't enhance this country, this is a capitalist country, it's sink or swim. Well, hang on one second, Larry, though. I actually disagree with that. I mean, you're saying they're peasants. I mean, there are a number of them who are industrious and trying um, and and are hard workers. Uh, There actually are, Larry. But, but, But I will say to you, where I have an enormous problem is that, first of all, they're not vetted. We have no idea of their background and the the laws that are on the books, the policies that are on the U.S. books are here are the qualifications for asylum. It's you have to be XXX. You have to be persecuted. You have to fit a sort of a special class. You know, you talk to people who have been at the border much more than you and I have been. I don't know if you've been there. I've been there a number of times, Larry. But if. If you look at the criteria, it's like a single digits percentage actually qualify. So the fact that we're not letting even, you know, we're not even vetting any of them. I mean, it's a free for all. So I do agree with you. Well, like you said, there is no policy under the Bidens. It's a zero ridiculous policy. Um, and it is downright dangerous. I do think, you know, I blame the officials because they have created this mess. I mean, if you're coming from any country and you're looking for better money and a better life and all that stuff, I don't blame them for coming. I blame our zero policy at the border, as we're talking about, or lack thereof any policy at the border that has created this dilemma. And and I think there are some industrious ones who work hard or do whatever. I don't begrudge people wanting to come to a place and come to the greatest country in the world, which America is. But, boy, we're in a mess right now like I've never seen but I also think we have to turn this around, Larry. So how do you turn it around? What do you, what, what's your solution, Larry? I'm curious. What do you think is the way to turn this around? Well, listen, it's very simple. You cannot allow um, populations of people to come streaming across the border fraudulently, making it seem like they're, they're claiming asylum. I agree. No political re- listen, there are no political realities in those other countries, okay, that, that dictate that there should be some kind of asylum claim, none. So therefore, there's justification for blocking them completely like Trump did. Yep. Now, if, if there are, if you want to let it trickle in, you have to have the courts, like they used to have the courts at the border. And not only that, Trump had the shelters at the border too. 
and they made a whole fuss about separating parents and children, remembering everything. If that's what, what they want to hang out near the border and wait for your court date, that's what they have to do. But you have to block them. That, that, that's not now, now, let me get a clarification. Which side violence? of the border? You're saying on the Mexican side of the border, right? Well, if we don't want to incur the cost of putting up massive tents right on the border with monitored by marshals, which is what they used to do, but in much less quantities. Of course, you got to build a fence. That Trump should have the the fence should have been finished by Biden, and and but instead he decided to go the opposite way. We need some kind of block at the border. As simple as that. I agree. I agree. But but you know what it is, Larry? You hit it on the head at the very beginning. Your first point about what policy? You got to have the will, and I don't see any will right now unless you have the will. Uh, they're not going to change anything. And that is a really sad, desperate situation for America, as you uh, eloquently described at the top, because it is it is a crisis for America to not have all these people and just have them kind of roam aimlessly and not be vetted, not be checked. And I actually believe we're going to feel the repercussions from this, even if they close the border tomorrow, which I wish they would. But even if they did, we will feel the repercussions of this because we had to attract 10 million people suddenly in the United States. And, and the 2 million that totally are got away, those are the worst of the worst. You got to be pretty bad because right now they're letting everybody in. You don't even have to worry about it. You don't even have to hide. They'll let you in. You know, so if they're hiding, you know that they've got to done, they have to have done something pretty bad. And boy, is that sad for America. Larry, thank you. Let's go to Frank in Canada. Uh, let's talk about our, our northern border a little bit, too, Frank, because our northern border is heating up. There are some new numbers that show the northern border has had uh, more in fiscal year 2023 than in the last 10 years combined. That's kind of scary, Frank. It is. Uh, nice talking to you, Rita. And I agree with uh, the grandmothers and everything else and everything you said. And, like, this is just ridiculous. Enough's enough. Close our border to coming through to your country, close the southern border. These uh, Democrats are grasping at straws, and they can see the numbers. I I believe it's uh, 71% of Americans are fed up with this crap, and that's the way it should be. And it's just, like, I had so much to say, but I'm just, uh, it's just so sad. Like, Like, nothing against people. Nothing against immigrancy. If it wasn't for immigrancy, like I've said before, I would not be here. A lot of us would not be here, but do it the proper way. And Trump had the right idea. Build the wall. You come in legally or don't come in at all. And stay in Mexico. Simple. And finally, the mainstream media is starting to click a bit and say, oh, well, we can't hide it no more. We can't spin it no more. And... It's just, I feel so sad for you and the taxpayers here, because who pays for that? It's just so sad. I wish that maybe I should go down to Mexico and come right back in and say, hey, I'm a migrant, and I can stay in a three-star hotel? Yeah, you can order room service. You can you can oh. do all of that stuff, Frank. And isn't that sad? You know what's so sad, Frank? There have been a lot of stories of late of a lot of these folks who have been like our allies in Afghanistan who, you know, literally risk their lives. And the, you know, the Taliban has been targeting their families because they've been allies. Some of them have been translators for American troops, all of that stuff, right? 
and they are having trouble getting in the legal way. And then you hear of like, you know, 10 million coming through illegally on the southern end. I mean, there is something so wrong with this that those people are being left to fend for themselves and Taliban ruled Afghanistan right now because we can't expedite their visas. We can't expedite them coming to the United States. And yet for some reason, free for all on the southern border and by the way, the northern border too, they should just sneak in. Uh, then, you know, then they'd be able to come into the country because that's, they deserve, those people deserve to be in America. They risk everything to protect our troops when they were over there in Afghanistan. And then we left them high and dry, the Biden administration. So it's the least we can do. But what a sad testament that is of the contrast. Frank, thank you very much. 1-800-848-9222. And we'll continue your calls after the break. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's the Rita Cosby Show. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Well, it looks like the political races are heating up even more. Just a little bit ago, by the way, President Trump in South Dakota, where the South Dakota governor, Christy Nome, just endorsed him. They're sparking a lot of speculation. Maybe there could be a vice presidential, basically a running mate there for President Trump. Maybe it could be. I can see maybe him picking a woman, maybe her or Nikki Haley. Maybe uh, even a Tim Scott might be great. Also from South Carolina, like Nikki Haley. Uh, who knows where it goes, but she did endorse him. And President Trump came out and said the borders must be closed. And he is deeply concerned at what's happening at our southern border. Here's what President Trump said a little bit ago. Banana Republic, we have no borders. We have dishonest elections. We have things going on today. I mean, who wants to have millions of people like an invasion pouring into our country. We have no idea where they come from. They come from jails and they come from places that you don't want to know about. And they're all over our cities and they're all over our states. But with your vote in this election, Joe Biden's country for a short period of time, hopefully just a short period of time, it ends on November 5th, 2024. We have to take care. We have to take our country back. We have to take our country back. And many people are saying it is time to take our country back. By the way, um, in the next hour, we're going to talk about the fact that a Georgia special grand jury was planning to indict dozens of people, literally dozens of people, 39 people, including three sitting U.S. senators like Senator Lindsey Graham. Are you kidding me? And then they pared it down to only do Trump and 18 co-defendants. Doesn't that sound to you like democracy run amok? We're going to get into that and also talk about how the Biden administration on the border issue is looking at doing a stay in Texas policy, not a remain in Mexico, but a remain in Texas. If that is not a zoo, I don't know what is. And also Curtis Lewa, who was just out there, uh, leading the protest out there at Creedmoor Psychiatric Center. Of course, they're in Queens. This is uh, against the migrants that are coming into the center. A number of them have already come in. Uh, he's just gotten back, and he's going to give us 
a breaking news update on what it has been like there at the scene and what he's experiencing. Uh, let's go to Vito real quick in Staten Island. Line six, Vito, your thoughts. Rita, how are you? My thoughts, uh, I have two things, if I may. First off, uh, yesterday uh, you had some party in Manhattan uh, that you invite uh, for uh, Cousin Boosie, and Kathy Horkel was at this party. I yeah. wish I was there because I would have cursed her out. Oh, Vito, you're heated. And part two, part two, Vito, real quick. Now, part two is why do we call them migrants when they are illegals? They're not coming here to work. They're coming here for handouts. And by the way, in New York City, they're getting a lot of handouts. I will give you that. Um, and by the way, the governor was there. I will always show respect for somebody in elected office. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Well, the migraine crisis is heating up. I do agree uh, with New York City Mayor Eric Adams that it will destroy New York City. It's already destroying New York City. Uh, but he's not looking in the mirror. He's looking everywhere else to blame. And protests have been heating up all over the place. Uh, here was one recently in Staten Island. Listen to this one again. And the organizer of that protest and really the protests all around New York City is, of course, the founder of Guardian Angels, also WABC radio host on the other side of midnight, Curtis Sliwa. And Curtis, you just got back. I was talking earlier. I'm so glad to see you because you just got back uh, from a big one at Creedmoor Psychiatric Center in Queens. Tell us all about it, Curtis. Give us the latest. Huge. Remember, it was raining at first, so I thought, well... And probably uh, will lessen the crowd because we were focusing on mothers and grandmothers coming out with their children and great-grandchildren. Uh, it was packed. I mean, there were uh, at least 1,500 people there uh, across the street. An wow. Army, an army of security and cops. Uh, you know, we're not Antifa. We're not Black Lives Matter. We support the police. It's really overkill on the part of uh, City Hall and trying to have a show of force. Why are you having a show of force here? We're just simply saying you can't control a thousand single, able-bodied illegal aliens who are now housed in a tent in Creedmoor. And they hang out in the neighborhood with nothing to do and nowhere to go. And there's, I mean, volumes of video now. They're sitting around smoking weed, drinking cerveza, getting into fights. This is what young men do. When they got nothing to do. Right. You there are a thousand in there already or there's about to be a thousand. No, there's 800. Oh, but still, that's a that's a big. Uh, and I saw one of the people w- had a sign saying six schools. Are there six schools nearby there? Yeah, six schools, starting with Martin Van Buren High School, a uh, number of elementary schools, junior high school, parochial schools. There's uh, a park that uh, mothers and children don't use any longer. It's been taken over by the illegal aliens. Is baseball fields and not playing there anymore. So basically, Eric Adams and uh, uh, Governor Kathy Hochul have turned over eastern Queens to the illegal aliens. And how unfair. 
That's a stable, blue-collar, working-class neighborhood. It was mostly moderate Democrats who came out tonight because they're stakeholders. They have co-ops. They have condos. Some people, first uh, first immigrants to this country, first generation of immigrants, uh, Asia, Southeast Asia, uh, the West Indies, Caribbean, first-time homeowners. They're the ones who are really bent out of shape, Rita, because they had to wait years to come here legally. They still have family members and friends who are trying to get in the legal way. And then they see these folks with an easy pass. It's worse for them than anybody else. Worse for them than anybody else. You know, one of the things I was just bringing up, Curtis, uh, before I ran into you here in the hallway, I was sitting there, sitting there talking about how Afghans, I had an Afghan cab driver not too long ago, and he was telling me how he's trying to get his friends over. These were people who were translators for our troops in America, and they can't get in. And they've been waiting on this waiting list. My goodness. I mean, if those people don't fit the criteria of who should come in, these are people who risk their lives, their families' lives. They can't come in. They're on some long waiting list, and they're waiting in Taliban-controlled Afghanistan. No risk to them. I'm being facetious. How dangerous is it for them? They can't get in. And I feel like saying, yeah, just cross the southern border, and you'd come right in. No problem. How sad is that? an easy pass. And remember, there's no vetting. We don't know who they are. They don't come in with papers. They haven't had medical checkups, no vaccinations of any type. You saw the other day, Thursday, the opening of the public schools in New York City, 22,000 children, none of them vaccinated. Oh, we'll, we'll get them all up to up to a par. Yeah, in 30 days, right, in a month. I mean, think about the damage that could happen in a month. I know, but let's face it, do we really believe that? Even if they did do it in 30 days, it's still not great. Now, I've had three sons go to public school. And they were told, as we were told, the parents, they must be fully vaccinated on day one, right after Labor Day, or they don't walk in to the school until they're fully vaccinated. Again, there's all these double standards. It just seems that the illegal aliens are always at the front of the line. To the detriment in our city, to African-Americans, many of them who unfortunately thought with the election of a black mayor, that African-Americans who are homeless, many of them veterans, staying in shelters, where, by the way, Rita, you have to be in at 10 o'clock at night. There's a curfew. At uh, places like Creedmoor, there's no curfew. They're free to come and go as they wish. Wow. And so naturally, here it is. You're in a shelter. You are a veteran. And these shelters that they're housed in, eight to a room, miserable circumstances, old buildings, decrepit, then they see the illegal aliens in three-star hotels. Room service, right. you know. As the mayor says, oh, yeah, laundering. We, we wash their sheets. We turn over their beds. What the hell are you doing? You're spoiling them. More people are going to want to come as a result. And now they want them to have an easy pass to work. That means instead of waiting six months, let them start working right away. Oh, that, that'll encourage more people to come in illegally. And also potentially. And we've had a number of people on the show. And uh, John Katsimatidis and I, of course, we host Cass and Cosby. Um, he, we've had a number of people on the show say that that is also an easy pass, sadly, to maybe voting, too, that that could fit them as legal non-citizens, which would fit for them to vote in municipal elections. Well, remember, I mean, that's, in the that's city, scary, too. In the city already, they passed a bill. Uh, to allow people with green cards and working visas to vote. Uh, thankfully, the Republicans have it bottled up in court, but it's in the appeals process. It could well be that in our municipal elections in the city of New York, 
you're going to see illegal aliens voting in the future. That's a gateway to allowing uh, illegal aliens, period, vote. And then there's just no way Republicans can compete. Yeah, that sounds like, how is that fair to democracy, Curtis? I mean, that that seems to me like a a, a malicious intended plan to skew the elections. Because guess who they're going to vote for? The person who gave them the freebies. Of course. You'll walk into their home. They'll have pictures of Jesus Christ on the wall, that Lady of Guadalupe, the Blessed Mother, and then you'll see a picture of Papa Chula, wait, 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 Joe wait. Biden. What about the Black Madonna of Chesterhova? Oh, what yeah. about her? Well, that's for the Polish. All right, I uh, know. We can't forget them. And then naturally, <laughs> who's your daddy? Eric Adams will be up there. And the parents will say to the children and the grandchildren, these are the two guys. Because of them, we're now in the United States. Always vote Democrat till you, the, the day you die. The Irish did it. Tammany Hall, when the Irish came, because of the potato famine, they found them a place to live. They gave them some money to survive. Uh, the Republicans at that point were Protestants. They hated Catholics. They hated the Irish. So you see, even to this day, you ask some of the Irish Catholics, why do you always vote Democrats? Well, it's always been that way, going back to the potato famine. And that's built into their DNA. Right. And that's what they're hoping to. And, of course, the freebies and the, all the other things as we're talking about. Let's um, Before I let you go, the thing that really stunned me this week was when Mayor Eric Adams said, you know what, we might have to start cutting city services. And they're already costing more. I, I believe it's FDNY and two of the other budgets, sanitation and something else combined, is more that they're spending on the migrants versus that right now. And the threat that to take care of the migrants, we may have to cut back on all city services. The mayor said it. What is he talking about? So people understand, because that is really serious stuff. Well, because uh, there are 10,000 illegals pouring into this city every week, five buses a day to the Port Authority. As uh, you had mentioned before, we came back on air. If, in fact, the Biden administration tries to force Texas to house all the illegals there, then Texas will increase the number of buses that they ship out to New York City. Yeah, Abbott's already saying we're sending a whole bunch more up. If you thought 13,000 out of 110 was bad, it's going to keep coming. That'll compound it even more. Uh, The point is it costs money. The state is contributing very little. The federal government, nothing. So we, the sucker city taxpayers, have to do the heavy lifting. And uh, the mayor knows that we're going to be on the brink of uh, fiscal collapse next year unless he cuts the budget severely. Now, he started this. He tried to go one up on Abbott uh, August of a year ago. And instead of recognizing that he lost this war and his favorite term is, I do a pivot and shift, just acknowledge it. We're not a sanctuary city. There's nothing in the law that says that. You can say, as of tomorrow, we're no longer a sanctuary city. We're not receiving the buses. We're turning them around. We're sending them to Washington, D.C. Who would be opposed to that other than the socialists like AOC who want to destroy our city, our state, and our country? I don't see that happening. So, sadly, it means that there probably will be scalebacks on city services. We're talking, what, fire department? I mean, if he says every department, what's going to happen? What, suddenly you're not going to have a, a, a fire department? The firefighters reply if well, there's maybe, some fire? Well, maybe that'll force him to scale back on his suit collection because it's a $5,000 customized suit every day. It's not suits off the rack. So he needs to lead, not follow. And it's always do as I say, but not as I do. Well, it is going to be really, really scary for the city. And listen, I want the best for the city. And the thought of scaling back 
and giving it at a time where, as you point out, the veterans are so many people right now that deserve that money that desperately need it. And we're hearing about them partying and, uh, you know, Creedmoor and everywhere else. That is just unbelievable. Curtis Lee, thank you very much for the update as you just came back from this one. Thank you for leading the good fight. Thank you. Talk to everybody at 12 to the break of dawn. That's right. Curtis will keep you up through the night, everybody. Make sure that you tune in on WABC Radio. Curtis will definitely keep you up through the night. Maybe you can get like a five-minute nap in between, but that's it. That's the max. You won't sleep more than that because it's very lively and always has all the good info. Curtis, thank you very much. Everybody, we're taking your calls. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Tony. Line six. Tony, your thoughts. Hey, Rita Cosby. You know, I'm not in a very sweet and warm and fuzzy mood tonight. So let me just put that out there. No, okay? I'm not either. I'm- so I agree. I agree. And and after what Curtis just shared, I mean, it's so alarming of, of what the double standards that's happening to these migrants when we have so many Americans, legal citizens, that are in need. Yes. Yes, my friend Rita. So listen. So I heard a nice little story tonight about Peter Navarro. And when, you know what the Democrats did to him when he ignored the the uh, subpoena from Congress? And I'm putting his subpoena right next to the one that Congress gave Alejandro Mayorkas. Peter Navarro wounds up getting taken to a uh, uh, dungeon jail in D.C. He was stripped. He was taken to jail. He was fined. And he's still going through this whole thing for January 6th. Yeah, they just found him in uh, contempt, by the way, a couple days ago. You know that. So what I'm thinking about, Rita, is, and I, and this is what I started calling everybody. I called uh, uh, Speaker McCarthy. We want anybody who doesn't listen to Congress to go to jail. He needs to start putting on his big boy pants. Forget about the, forget about the, um, you know, oh, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. You're going to put them in jail and you're going to take their money in order for them to get out. They're going to jail. And this is what has to happen because this is what they did to Peter Navarro. It was a disgrace. This is what they did to Curtis for, for just being at a peaceful demonstration, which is a disgrace. You know what talks? Jail and money. So what do you think? It would arrest everybody? Is that your point? I'm talking about Alejandro Mayorkas to start. He didn't pay attention to his subpoena. He's telling Secret Service not to answer questions by the committee. He needs to be brought to, to jail. He has not come forward for to answer the subpoena. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. And by the way, there are a number of people who are pushing for him. The problem is, Tony, is he's just sort of the, the, you know, the, uh, I call him kind of like a little bit of the Baghdad Bob, if you will, of the Biden administration, okay. you know, because once he's replaced, they'll just put somebody else in. You know, I yeah, mean, I, by the way, I do agree with you. If anybody deserves to for the open border and the fact that he sits there every time he gets called in and says, what border, uh, problem? Oh, it's secure. I mean, we all know that that is a flat out lie. So he's clearly lying to Congress and doesn't. And then he went after. Remember, he went after the border agents on the whipping thing that he claimed that they whipped them uh, on the horses, that they whipped the migrants, which never happened. Even the photographer took the pictures that it was, a, you know, not true. And he still went on with this theory. So there are I agree with you. Um, definitely grounds to go after. Him. My problem is there'll also be somebody after him. And I'm still waiting for, you know, for I say the phrase Democrats with courage or, or all politicians with courage 
to finally say, listen, Mr. President, you have to have a policy at the border, as Larry was just saying about earlier. You can't have wide open border and then wonder, okay, well, you know, what the heck? You know what? Uh, No problem. And every city is just going to have to suffer for themselves. We have to start putting pressure and Democrats and Republicans need to start calling out the White House. It is so transparent what's going on. And it's just it, it is so derelict for national and also just security in general for the world. Because, you know, we're approaching a 9-11 anniversary, and I think about how many people have already crept into this country, as we just talked about with Curtis. We have not checked their criminal backgrounds. We have no idea who they are. And think about it, it only takes a handful of people to cause death and such destruction in this country. And I'm so worried about what could be in the works or what they're planning or what they're plotting. Uh, there's just too many people and a number of them that are on the terrorist watch list that they've apprehended and a number that they have not. There were a couple tied to ISIS recently that actually got through, tied to some guys from Uzbekistan. That, to me, is a real nightmare for every single American, and that's what should keep us up at night. And that's why this president needs a wake-up call to realize what he has done is catastrophic for the border. There's no question. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This is The Rita Cosby Show. Well, as you just heard, as I was talking with Curtis Leeway here, he just came back from his rally at Creedmoor Psychiatric Center, where they have 800 single men, unvetted migrants housed there in a big tent city. Uh, no curfews, no issues, uh, no problems for them. Uh, but the community is obviously very upset with a whole bunch of schools nearby. And there was apparently a big turnout also, as you just heard from Curtis, at that protest tonight. And also, Texas is protesting because now we're hearing that the Biden administration is instead of saying, you know, they don't want remain in Mexico. They lifted that. That's what Trump wanted was them to be vetted in Mexico. Well, now there's where they may want to do a remain in Texas. Move them from the blue states. Keep them in Texas. Have Texas deal with all the problems. Listen to what Congressman Tony Gonzalez has to say about that. I'm not okay with it. It's it's like we're living in the twilight zone. First off, Texans, we don't want people here that are here illegally. Uh, we've had enough. And the other part of it, too, a lot of these folks, they don't want to stay in Texas. They're trying to go to, to go to other parts. It's almost as if Biden is punishing Texans for us trying to uphold the law and keep our communities safe. And it's getting worse, Brian. It was 109 degrees outside yesterday, and the numbers are keep increasing. Wait till it's October next month. It's no end in sight until we push back. I'm an appropriator. We have to use the power of the purse. Now is the time to hold the administration accountable. And Texas is now saying if indeed they do this remain in Texas, they're going to send a whole bunch more buses to New York and elsewhere. What do you think of that, guys? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Gary in L.A. Uh, Gary, your thoughts? Hi, Rita. And uh, first, uh, Hochul and Adams are useful idiots. 
Uh, the game plan of the hard left is really simple. They want to flip Texas. They want to turn it into a democratic state. And they're getting very close now. The four largest cities are run by four left-wing Democrats. Crime is out of control in Austin, Texas. So it's getting close to it. And when they flip it, Republicans will not be able to win the presidency anymore. And then they just want more people from the third world to come in. That's what's happening now. So they can take over the Democratic Party and Republicans will lose local and state elections also. You know, you bring up an interesting point, Gary, because maybe that's part of the reason they want them to remain in Texas, Texas so they can have those voters there. You know, as we were just talking, uh, maybe they'll say, hey, wow, maybe redistricting. We can get some more representatives. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, a powerful story coming from Clarence, New York, where Walter Bucci was honored today with a lone eagle flight, a trip of a lifetime to Washington, D.C. The Army veteran served in Vietnam, and he also has stage four cancer. Well, the Lone Eagle program is something that the Buffalo-Niagara Honor Flight does to help veterans get to D.C. when they are facing serious medical issues. And many people who were along the trip said, quote, uh, including the chaplain who was on the trip with the veteran, Walter Bucci, said, I've been in the fire department for over 50 years, and it's all about helping other people. And Walter Bucci certainly fits that and wanting to help other people. Walter was very excited. In fact, he's been excited ever since that moment. By the way, Bucci joined the fire department not long after serving as a radio operator in Vietnam and certainly has done so much to help others over the years. This was their opportunity to give back to him. What a beautiful, beautiful story. And other people, by the way, also in the community said, quote, of Walter Bucci, he's a real nice guy. He started talking to me. And when I found out his name and that he was in the Army and he was a communications specialist and he started telling me all about the ways that he went through the jungle stringing wire up, he was important in the effort over there. And I was honored to be able to help him any way that I could. Bravo to him. And, of course, to all of our great Vietnam veterans, welcome home. We love you. And we also deeply, deeply appreciate you. And speaking of veterans, I am so proud to be part of the walk run for the big Tunnel to Towers Foundation. It's coming up, by the way, the walk run on Sunday, September 24th. And all of us here at the Red Apple Audio Network are encouraging our great listeners, like all of you, to donate to our individual teams. That's right. You can go to walk.ritacosbyonline.com. Just click on my picture and donate all the proceeds. Go to the amazing Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Help me raise the most money here at Red Apple Audio Network for the amazing Tunnel to Towers Foundation walk run. They do so much for so many in dire need and help veterans and first responders in such a huge way. Also, 9-11 victims and, of course, We're about to come up on the 22nd anniversary of that horrible, fateful day. We must never forget, and the Tunnel to Towers Foundation never has and always gives back. They help America's heroes, and that's what this organization is all about. So everybody, help me raise 
as much money as you can, please, for our veterans, our first responders, and our 9-11 victims. Go to walk.ritacosbyonline.com and click on my photo. Well, we are talking about the chaos at the border, and it sounds like it's going to get even crazier because Governor Abbott and also the Biden administration are fighting over those buoys now because the Biden administration wants Governor Abbott to lift those temporary inflatable buoys because they're saying, you know what, there shouldn't be anything blocking the entrance into this country. God forbid you try to protect the homeland. They're also saying they're inhumane, that maybe the migrants could get caught on the buoys. Uh, Governor Abbott's going, well, wait a minute, you know, speak about unhumane. All these people are being human trafficked every year by the cartels. Uh, many of them brought by, you know, these coyotes and these cartels that are doing horrible things to these individuals. So many women are sexually abused uh, and just the horrible things that happen to them on their journey to America. How is that humane? Why don't you stop that? Stop the fentanyl flow. There are so many just dire issues. So there's a lot of finger pointing. And in the meantime, the border is wide open. Places like New York City are suffering immensely with migrant shelters, as we were just talking, popping up all over the place. Where is there an end in sight? I don't see it, at least not for the next until uh, Election Day next year. I don't see it. Do you? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Bobby. Line four. Bobby, your thoughts about all this. Hi, Rita. Um, winter is coming. <laughs> I, I can guess what's going to happen. I'm sure you can also. Yeah, what it's do you think? To... Because you, you bring up a great point because you can't keep them in tents in the winter. So guess it, what? You oh, know? oh, yeah. Well, well, Rita, I'm sure you could remember not very many years ago, there was a winter week in at Christmas. And it was it double Double digits would have been welcomed. It was single digits, near zero for almost a whole week. What are these? What, what is going to happen? Yeah. So, what do you think? I think uh, schools, any uh, obviously hotel rooms. Right now, fifty percent of them are filled with migrants. I guess what? I guess it's going to be seventy, eighty percent with migrants. I think any empty building. We're going to see probably Mayor Eric Adams saying, uh, "Anybody want to adopt a migrant in your home?" You know, do you have an aunt who needs has an extra room, an uncle who has an extra room, nursing and, homes, any extra space? I mean, you're right. All, we're busting at the seams. What do you think? Well, and also the ones that are like have a proclivity to um, to um, robbery. It's going to be it's going to be really, Rita, I'm I'm worried for my family. Yeah, I am too, Bobby. I am deeply, deeply worried, and I'm worried for every community. And that's why I think, you know, this isn't a Republican issue or a Democratic issue. It is an American issue. It's a New York issue. And I applaud people for speaking out because uh, the mayor is right when he said it's coming to every neighborhood. Uh, we're already starting to see it pop up, these mega shelters all over the place. Let's go to Bobby in Buffalo. Uh, Bobby, your thoughts about all of this. What a mess. Yes, it is, Rita. It is a horrible mess. And the first thing I would do, 
the countries they're coming from, the leaders of those countries, I would hold them responsible. Let's see one of the politicians say that. They won't do it because they're all in on it. It's all, it's all rigged. They want them to come inside this country. Right now, the goal is to flood the country with third world. Is There was a call at a talk radio, the greatest call of all, Steve from Manhattan, who warned about this. He was banned from talk radio because he was telling the truth about this invasion which was taking place. This is their army in the street. But you could, you could take over this country to the ballot box. California is gone forever. It's been going on for 50 years now. Uh, Oakland. And what a, what a, by the way, what a sad, sad testament that is. I'm telling you. Uh, and I don't see any change in sight. Like you just said, so many of these places. And there's no turning back. Once they're here, they're here. Uh, you just heard if they get pushed to get these voting permits, which is what they're trying to do, that's going to entice more to come. And then they're going to be able to vote in local elections and who knows what else. Who knows where this is headed? I, I don't. That's the thing. I don't see any end in sight. They have created a conundrum and taxpayers are footing the bill. And we citizens are also footing the concerns because it's in our community. It's schools. We're just talking about 21,000 unvaccinated kids essentially suddenly thrust into schools who don't speak the language. And guess who's paying for all of that? The extra teachers? Taxpayers. Wait till all the services start getting cut like we were talking about. This is just the tip of the iceberg. And that's a scary, scary situation. And I feel bad for them. Uh, but I also want to really take care of our legal American citizens first, because there's a lot of need out there. You all know it. Uh, let's go to Joanne in Nassau County. I understand you want to talk about Creedmoor in uh, Queens, where Curtis just came back from. Well, sure, Rita. Um, the other night I was coming home from visiting my daughter in Long Island City. It was on the Grand Central and came down uh uh, came down Winchester Boulevard, which is exactly the street uh, that Creedmoor Hospital is on. And so I got as far as um, Hillside Avenue, and then I went east. I live um, I live right over the border of Queens in Nassau County. So, okay, I'm going along Hillside, and Creedmoor is, I'm proceeding east. Creedmoor is to my left at this point. It's just a huge place with huge... Acreage yeah, so ground, what did you think you know? real quick, Joanne? What did you think? Well, well, what what I all of a sudden saw, Rita, was these humongous, and I say humongous, white tents on along, you know, right inside the gate. Rita, they're huge. I saw at least three enormous ones, and I said, oh, my God, this is, this is what they put up. Then I, I looked on both sides of the street, on the opposite side of the street, there's a lot of benches. I, I don't know whether I, I think there might be some kind of a park facility behind all that. And these guys, literally, Rita, I saw hundreds of fellas sitting on these benches all along Hillside Avenue, opposite where the tents are. Obviously, they're the ones that live in there, and you know the migrants. And it was horrifically overwhelming. Um, you know it's. Uh, where that sits, it's just a few miles from the Nassau County border, and it's it's also like it's really a very nice residential neighborhood. Uh, it's just a shame this whole thing. It's, well, that's why Joanne, you hit it on the head because you know Nassau County right now is fighting it. 
Uh, the Nassau County Executive and others have said, uh-uh, it's not going to happen in our community. Uh, but who knows how long that that's going to last. Right now, it looks like it's staying in New York City, but it's spilling over. And if it's so close to these other places, you know, I think we're going to see so many of these, sadly, the 10 cities that you just described so eloquently. I wouldn't be surprised if we see some in Central Park. You know, uh, what about Madison Square Garden when it starts to get cold? Are they going to, like, uh, go in there? I mean, what about that airfield, too? Remember, there's Floyd Bennett Field. And that location right now uh, has, I think it's going to have a couple thousand. I think that we were hearing it's, it may go up to 7,000. It's going to be like a mega, mega, right? But it's a huge place. Maybe they're going to, what, are they going to dot it? Is it going to look like, uh, you know, like a, a a platoon is there ready for bear? I mean, this is crazy. But that's what it seems like we're on the verge of. I mean, I think every space in New York City, as you know, uh, you know, even residential space is coveted. You know, we build up. We don't build out. And I hope there's not that much space. So when you have a beautiful residential space, you want to spare it. You know, you want to enjoy it. Uh, and I think, I think we're really in for tough times. That's a sad reality. Joanne, thank you very, very much. And before we go, you guys, speaking of astounding, uh, it came out today a little bit ago that a special grand jury in Georgia, not the Fannie, well, it was the Fannie Willis, sort of the preview one, the first one that gave the information to Fannie, and then Fulton County's DA, Fannie Willis, then gave it to another grand jury. But the initial grand jury, they have sort of two phases in Georgia, actually came back with going after indictments of 39 people, 39 people, including uh, Senator Perdue, Senator Kelly Loeffler, and Senator Lindsey Graham. Uh, that, to me, is astounding. They were ready to go after them for questioning the election, for speaking out against it. This, to me, is unbelievably un-American. It's outrageous. And here is what Senator Lindsey Graham had to say when he found out the news that he was almost on the verge of being indicted, it seemed. This is troubling for the country. We can't criminalize senators doing their job when they have a constitutional requirement to fulfill. And then he further said the whole reason is because anybody close to Trump is now in basically Democrats crosshairs. That's why this to me is so unseemly. Take a listen. I think a lot of this uh, efforts is try to marginalize Donald Trump as a political figure. But what I am trying to tell people that the election was contested by President Trump and others and I had to vote, and I did my job to figure out what's best for me as a senator, how to vote, whether or not I should have a hearing. But there are many people in this country believe the law has become a political weapon. We'll see what happens in these cases. At the end of the day, uh, it's over for me. But what I do worry about is if this becomes the norm then it's going to be very difficult for this country to move forward where you have county prosecutors that can then bring charges, potentially bring charges against federal officials who are clearly doing their job. That is very scary. Going after somebody for doing their job, his responsibility was to report what he was asked to do, and because he spoke out about it, but they're going after him. And if you see the list of all these other individuals, where does it end?
this to me is just the definition of insanity. And this was the jury. Remember that crazy juror who had her eyes flipping back and forth and she was like gleeful and laughing and saying, oh, boy, it's so funny. It's this. It's that. Um, even Rudy Giuliani, who we were talking about earlier on Cats and Cosby, he was saying that the jurors were smiling, taking pictures with them, wanted autographs, things like that. I mean, this is crazy that they would actually go after sitting senators for speaking out against the election. Think about the history of all those through the years, even on the Democratic side, that have come out and said this. That's why this is outrageous. I want to play real quick. This is cut 19. This is Congressman Jamie Raskin, of course, the Democrat who's questioned elections and electors in the past. He's questioned electors back and forth all the time. And he said this is a sign because the grand jury came back with 39 and then Fannie Willis decided only to basically present 19 individuals, Trump and 18 others, to the grand jury that has the power to indict. This was ones that just came back with, like, here's what we suggest, that they actually have the power uh, on the next round, that because she pared it down, this really shows that she's measured, that she's thoughtful. Uh, does anybody agree with this one? Listen to this guy. Well, I think everybody did their job here. I mean, we can't uh, enter into all of the uh, tactical and uh, legal and prudential considerations that Fannie Wilson um, took into account when she made her decisions about who precisely to prosecute and who not. But at the very least, um, the release of this document from the special grand jury decisively refutes uh, the claim that um, that Ms. Wilson is on some kind of indiscriminate partisan dragnet against all Republicans and anybody who had anything to do with Donald Trump's efforts to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election. She made some very fine-grained, uh, strategic and uh, calculated prosecutorial decisions using her discretion in that office. And so I think it does debunk the campaign against her. So I guess she's like this great intellectual scholar. That's what Jamie Raskin's saying. What are your thoughts, everybody? We're going to take your calls after the break. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Well, don't you forget about having a good weekend, guys, because, boy, has it been a wild, wild week. And you know more to come next week as all these developments keep twisting and turning on the migrant front also on all of the different Trump cases. And I still cannot believe that there was actually a special grand jury that thought, let's go after some of these sitting senators that they questioned elections. Their role is to look at election indiscrepancies, if there are any, just to see if there are any. For even discussing it, they're actually going after them. If that's the case, you'd put basically everybody in Congress behind bars. 
But for some reason, they think it's appropriate in this case. The fact that they were about to do it and also that they put it out now, that puts a taint on these people, too. There are so many things that are wrong with us. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Stan uh, real quick. Line 7. Stan. Hello. Hey, Stan. How are you? Uh, I want to say something to, uh, what's her name, uh, the one in, uh, who talked about Navarro and Mallorca. What was her name? I forgot the one she calls up. I think it was Tony and Clifton. Yeah, Real Tony, quick, Tony. Tony. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Stan. That brain scientist. Yeah. Uh, uh, the difference between Mallorca and who's an idiot, he showed up to the committee hearing. He did what the law said he had to do. And Navarro, I'm glad they put the key on him and everybody else that's going to have the key on him. Because they think they're arrogant. They think they can't obey the law. And that's why Navarro's going to jail and deserves to stay there. And we'll see what happens to the rest of them. But the point is, Dan, hold on a second. The point is, Mayorkas is also, according to reports, stonewalling, handing over information and doing other things. That's the difference. So you can't sit there and make it sound like he's Mother Teresa because he sure ain't. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, Chris, I'm going to give you two seconds real quick because you got a great quick point. Line six. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, I just wanted to uh, remind you and anybody else that uh, back in 2016 when Trump won, Jimmy Raskin, Rad Nadler and company went to the courts to try to. Yep, I know what you're going to say to overturn it.